welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. 
All right, let's get in gear. So guys, good morning. And uh, let's see, it's 7 a.m. in Vail. I hope you guys can hear me and I have good audio. I'm hiding in the game room at the, um, I've, I'm out here with my three kids and I, I couldn't be luckier. I'm just living in a space of true gratitude. And I'm I, listen, I, I love my mornings with Raylan Davis. We got uh, Brian Benstock and David Spizak. Are you guys here? Are we ready to roll? Let's do it. Who is that? Who just woke up? Good morning. Is that Raylan? Yeah, that was me. And David, are you here? I'm here, Barb. How are you? Great, 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 great. So we're talking about, let's see, the love of money, money, money. Uh, I think it's a great way to kick off uh, this Monday morning. And I, I know for me, you know, I'm going to talk about tripping over dollars to get to pennies. Um, but before I talk about this, I, I really do think this is such a great conversation because I, when I was speaking at 10 X ladies a couple weeks ago, I actually talked about this on stage. I, you know, when I got out of, um, when I got out of college, which I was like $30,000 in debt, was driving my grandmother's Pontiac Grand Prix. I didn't get out of college to make an impact, to you know leave the world a better place. I got out of college and I was like, I need to make money and I need to make a lot, a, a, a lot of it. And I think so many times we try to a prettier brush. And the truth is, I, I have a brother and I wanted to really provide for him. Otherwise he would have been institutionalized. So I had like this laser vision. My story by making it like I wanted to go out and and do all the I want. I needed to make serious money. I knew I'd be responsible for somebody who could never take care of himself and I needed to make money. So I love this conversation. I love being raw authentic and real about it so we can cut to the chase and dial into you know what money can provide freedom finance uh, you know uh freedom fortune or fame these are the three general buckets people you know strive to make money you know or strive to land in um but i'd love to hear your your opinion your take and then i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about <laughs> tripping over dollars to get to pennies so who wants to jump in Wakey, wakey, guys. Raylan, take it. David was unmuted. Well, that, that was a heck of a response right there. <laughs> you know, morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Hey, you know, it's a, this is a really good question, you know, because um, it's very appropriate, the title, The Love of Money, because it tends to be a very emotional, not a logical relationship for most people. But yet... Um, those who tend to have an emotional relationship with money, I think, tend to tend to take them. They're more likely to take themselves in a direction away from the very happiness or success that they would love to have. And people that have a more logical, uh, methodical, pragmatic relationship with money are the ones that tend to propel themselves towards success, and also not just success by society's normal definitions, but also to happiness. You know, because people that are emotional with money are typically much more prone to uh, have it leave them. Um, they work hard for it like everybody else, but it, they're much more prone to marketing messages that that we get nailed with every single day, four to 5,000 of them every day. Um, they're more likely to get separated from their money. They're more likely to uh, lament or regret 
things that they bought that they thought for sure was going to deliver lifetime happiness, or at least happiness to a greater extent than it typically does. You notice when you buy things, Barb, it's, you know, it's always fun to buy things. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. But you'll notice that no matter what it is you buy, you know, whether it was a new iPhone or whether it was a, a new Ferrari, um, it's only going to deliver those endorphins, that happiness, that high for a certain period of time. And after a while, it becomes a phone and it becomes a car. You still love the car. You still love the phone. You use them. But it doesn't deliver that same high that it, that it once did. And so, you know, it's very dangerous to get too emotional, in my opinion, uh, around money. And it's much more uh, effective um, to to respect your money. You got to respect your money because of how hard you work for your money. And rather than just, you know, if you work 40 hours a week to get X amount of dollars, you simply trade those dollars for something that's, that's always going to typically be depreciating. Why Grant is always hammering on, Peter's hammering on, you're hammering on, uh, Brian talks about it, I talk about it, real estate and real assets is because if I'm going to work my butt off for my money, I'm going to respect me, respect my time, and respect my money enough to go buy something that appreciates and not depreciates. Well, let me ask you a question that was posed to me. Is it better to want or to have? Oh, man. that's uh, It's interesting. I don't know if you're familiar with the old... Uh, you know, be, do, have, have, do, be expression, are you? No, mm-mm, share. Okay. All right, so I'll drop it on you. So it, some somebody a long time ago, you know, said, hey, you know, um, if I could just have this, um, you know, then I can do this and then I would be happy, for example, right? Um, and somebody reversed it and said, no, 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 no. You know, if you could be this, then you could do this, and then you'll have this. And and I think it's a very appropriate expression because people tend to fall in love with the money or the stuff. They don't fall in love as much as quickly with the grind to get that. And so I think that people, you know, that have this passion, this commitment, this discipline, this desire to go out and and do the tasks every day, isn't it funny how they always end up having uh, what they want? And people that want things um, don't necessarily get them. But I will say one other thing that a smart guy with a weird name, uh, odd name, once said, Gerhard Gerschwantner, he said, don't confuse wishes with wants. When you wish for something, Barb, you wait for it to come to you. And when you want something, you go get it. So I'm gonna sh- I'm just throwing that out there to show both sides, uh, the good and the bad of want. David, you mentioned something there that I think is really important to highlight once again, is the idea of the behaviors or falling in love with the grind. Like I, I learned it and I'm gonna take us away for our money for a second and then I'll come back. But when I was competing, even when I was in college, for example, and I was wrestling, you can't just always just go, no, I'm going to win. I want to win. I want to win. Cause you're going to leave out 90% of what it takes to win, which is the effort, which is the, the process, which is the system, which is the grind, so to speak. So even early on in my wrestling career, I noticed that whenever I just focused on winning, I didn't win. 
right? But it was those times that I was just like, I'm gonna do the best I can to perform at my best, the wins started happening. So how does that relate to money? Well, one thing that I got fortunate with is I got obsessed early on with the behaviors that end up leading to money. So I got really, really into persuasion. I got really, really into sales, fell in love with sales. Okay, how can I you know, be a better persuader? And then later on now, starting now, I'm obsessed with marketing. Cause it's, you know, it's interesting, right? What I meet a lot with a lot of coaches, it's either they're like good at marketing or they're good at persuading. And what I found, which is interesting is like the, the, the skill set of one to many, the skill set of persuading one to many is like one that I think is like black belt level sales. So once I dove into that, right, I fell in love with the process. And once again, money started running in. So I, I get, I, I'm, for me, I don't know, honestly, I don't know that I'm in love with money as much as I am obsessed with the things, the steps, the behaviors and systems that lead, leads to money, right? Like me getting, uh, to be quite frank, me getting, I just landed a pretty big deal on Saturday and, and I was excited. Yeah. But you know what was way more exciting is I had a client reach out to me and was like, Raylan, I just sold, you know, $4,000 of a program. And literally before working with you, I was selling it for $500. Like that got me way more excited because I know the work we put in to figure out the offer, to figure out what was the dream outcome and go through the formula to lead to that. So I think for me, David, to be honest with you, I don't know that I'm necessarily in love with money as much as I'm in love with the process. I'm in love with the freedom that money gives me. And I'll tell you when it hit the hit the hardest or hit the, hit me the most was when I was <clears throat> when I had to have surgery um, and had a tumor removed, my ex-husband and God bless him, he did the right thing. He said, listen, at Memorial Sloan Kettering, they have a private floor, a private suite, and it was thousands of dollars. And I told me the price and I knew I was going to be there for a long time. And I was like, I am not spending that kind of money unless I can drive off in it. There's no way. And he was like, okay, are you sure? Cause you're gonna have a roommate. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't care. I'm like, I'll survive and I'll be fine. Well, while I was in surgery, he went and got me a private suite at a private nurse, private, the whole private, private, the whole nine yards. And when I, well, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Thank you so much. And he was like, we didn't work this hard so that we, this is why we worked so hard. He goes, we can always make more money. We now know how to make money and we are really, really good at it. And this is why we went door to door and, and built this business. And I wasn't going to let you, um, you know, I knew how miserable, miserable you'd be. Cause I, you know, when I'm going through something like that, I want, I'm very private. I just want to like, I just want to put my head down and be very quiet. I'm not a big, believe it or not. I know Ben sucks going to rib me on this. I'm like, I'm just not a big whiner. I just want to just be quiet and be left alone and just deal with my pain. And he, he was, he was right. And it was, oh it was somebody, <laughs> Somebody it's coming, Barb. I hear it coming. I'm in pain. I'm in pain. I gave, come on, I gave you a softball right there. But at the end of the day, I just want to share that that when he said that, I was like, you know what? We we do know how to make money. And he was like, we can always make money. And a good, you know, and what that bought us was less about the room, but the freedom to do whatever the hell we wanted. And that clarity of, of understanding that making your first million is the very hardest but once you learn it it is like okay i've i've got it i've got the the tool set i i know what it i know what it takes and i'll always appreciate him for that that was a big that was a big deal we still divorced anyway but go ahead brian take it away <laughs> um man i this is such a 
but first of all, Barbara, you're a princess. You deserve to be a Thank princess. Thank you. There's nothing wrong with wanting the best. Nothing wrong with wanting the best things. Uh, the subject of money is really touchy. Um, I um, I I don't I don't care for money. I think it's boring. And I think people that talk about money are boring. I'm sick of talking about money. Uh, money uh, is a necessary evil. Uh, but but I, I like the grind. I love the grind. And so when someone said, uh, is it better to want or to have? You know, man, I, I, I want that hunger. I think the hunger and the drive and the grind, uh, it, it just gets me up. You know, I'm a guy. I'm being called a rich guy now by people in a very negative way. And I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the connotation that they're painting me with uh, of, you know, like there's somehow I got, I'm on easy street and I just landed here because of whatever my parents or whatever, whatever it is. And, um, and, and it's, it's given me sort of a distaste of it. I, but I, I love ambition. Uh, I love the grind. I love being able to set a target and hit it. And, you know, I'm on day, number five now of 75 hard. Barbara, it, it will be the most transformative 75 days of my life. Uh, and I know I've, I've tried and failed before, uh, and I love that. I mean, that's just, you know, like I'm, I'm that uh, energizer bunny. I'm just going to keep coming back at you and keep coming back at you until I get it done. And I, I just love in the initial five days that change, you know, the, uh, okay, this isn't going to work for 75 days. we got to adapt, adjust. Hey, the nutrition's got to go to a whole different place. You can't do what you're doing, eating the way you're eating. And, and, and I think it's, it's fantastic. And there's zero monetary reward for that. It's zero. But as David Spisak, I think, could speak to, I'm taking on some incredibly ambitious business ventures. And not a darn one of them is for the money. But it's because, you know, I see something in front of me and I say, why not us? Why not my team? Why not me? Let's go get it. And I know if we if we master what we're doing and if we make mastery and excellence what what we what we stand for, then at the end the reward will be there. And if not, well, we've mastered something, and and that in and of itself provides opportunities and reward. But you know, money. I mean, what is it? It's paper, or it's cryptocurrency, or it's a credit card. You know, it, it's. Um, it, does, it no longer floats my boat, girl. It just, it just doesn't. It's a means to an end. I get it, but I'm more concerned with developing my, my children, developing the people around us, seeing, when, when, like my daughter Poppy now going to the gym at 14 and getting herself in. She's a, she's a dancer, but getting herself in really great shape and being excited about it. These things motivate me and turn me on more than any stack of hundreds can do. Hey, Brian. Could you could you talk about because I think it was such a great illustration uh, that when people go to the store to buy a drill they don't want the drill. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's it's jobs to be done, right? And when you go to the store to buy a drill, what, what you're really trying to buy is a you know a, a hole in the wall for whatever it is uh, you want that drill for. And if you look at why you want the hole in the wall, uh, in, in this illustration potentially it's to have a picture to hang on the wall. So you're buying a drill to beautify your home. And I think when we're looking at why people, what their motives are, uh, it, it's not—it's never the money. It's the job to be done. And, David, that's a wonderful handoff if I'm doing it correctly, uh, that, that the job to be done is not the money, but it's what that represents, the freedom, uh, the, the ability to do bigger things in your life if that's what you want to do. If you love your God 
and you want to contribute to your, your church, your mosque, or your temple, the ability to do that, yeah. if, you, if you have a cause, a social cause that you're passionate about, the work to be done, right, the job to be done, is not the money, but it's that bigger cause, and I think it'll drive you. Was that where you were, where you were going? It, it was. The, the first time I heard that from you, you actually expanded it. You said, you know, when people go to buy a drill at a store, it's not the drill they want, they want the hole. And it's not the hole they want. It's the ability to put a fixture in that hole and it's actually not even the fixture they want. It's the light that goes in that fixture. So they actually were going to get a light, but you need to go get the drill to create the hole, to put in the fixture, to have the light, right? And it's similar to what Barb was asking earlier. And, you know, um, I work with a number of investment banks um, in the industry that I'm in, and we were just talking not too long ago about companies, that, uh, people that start up companies. And uh, they heard me speak at a conference where I said, if you're a company that, that your design on the day you start your company is to sell your company, you're gonna find that success is typically gonna be very elusive. And he literally, when I came off the stage, he was on the side, he grabbed me by the arm. I was trying to rush to get to the airport. And he said, I love what you said. And they are the, they're the biggest investment bank in the industry. And he says, when we look at a company, if, if they're just focused on selling, we stay away from that company. And it's very akin to what you're saying, Brian. If people just are focused on the money, to have the money, to post a picture on the Instagram and to say, look at me, look what I bought, look where I am, look what I have, they're going to find that not only is money very hard to hold on to, because there's two things, Barb, there's actually three things. Number one, do you have the ability to generate the money that you need in order to accomplish your goal? Number two, just as importantly, do you have the ability to sustain that level of income that you're generating or revenue? And number three, will you have the ability to enjoy what you've created? Because if you can't do all three, you're gonna find you're gonna find disillusionment. And to Brian's point, I'm with you. You ever notice, Barb, that people with money don't talk about their money. They they prefer to never talk about their money or what they have. They prefer to talk about who you are, what you do, what's your grind, what's your hustle, what are you into? And they they can listen all day to those stories. Uh, hey, David, I have them. to disagree with you on that, um, and not in a negative way, but um, my parents owned uh, four houses in the Hamptons, two on Montauk. We had a house next to the Beatles. Uh, what, I grew up in a, over a $1.5 million house. We were close to being billionaires. Uh, my dad was a celebrity insurance broker and stockbroker. My dad was the biggest show-off. My dad was very materialistic, and he loved to talk about his money. Now, in 2009, when the market crashed, we lost it all. So I, if you ever watch that TV show, Shit's Creek, that was the story of my life. Prada, Tanada, uh, I was living out of a car, and then we had to move in with my grandma to Staten Island. People with money do talk about their money. It's the people with values. People with values and morale and integrity are the ones that don't talk about it. 
and are humble. Those are the successful ones. So you can be, you can have money and you could lose it all if you don't have good values, morals, and principles. So that's what we need to always make sure is, are you going to be happy without that money? Who are you when the money is gone? And, and that is the most important thing. So I, think Luke, you just made, I think you just made David's point. You, yes, you made exactly. Point. You made my point. You exactly yeah. made my point. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Be, because Ruth, Ruth, you made my point. Okay, the people that actually are truly wealthy, okay, and that really do have money, and I just said, you got to make it, sustain it, enjoy it, okay, and not be necessarily pleased with all due respect. I don't want this to sound horrible, but not be necessarily perverted by it or owned by it. There are so many people out there that they don't own the house, the house owns them. They don't go to Southern California and I will show people that that where the car owns them, they don't own the car. And because they don't have the right mindset and because of that, I could already see that they're not going to be able to nail the last two, which is sustaining and enjoying. And Brian, thank you, because you did exactly make mm-hmm. my point. David, we had a guy at the dealership and he got himself a, one of those fancy pants BMW 745 IL blah 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 and I sat there and you know all the all the you know the salespeople were looking at the car and gawking at the car and I, I you know I and I, I knew the gentleman's income because he works for me and I and I, I knew a little bit about him I knew he was paying for rent in his apartment and I, I just said man that that's going to go back to the bank pretty soon that's going to get repossessed and everyone was saying that I was hating on the guy and that I didn't want the guy to enjoy the benefits of life and I didn't want him to enjoy the same things that I could enjoy and you know I, I came up with from the school of thought people should be no more than two percent of your net worth and you know so yeah that, that big worth was a hundred something thousand dollars and his net worth needed to be in excess of two million dollars and uh much more than that actually and and he was nowhere near that level. And I'm saying, man, that, that math just doesn't pencil. Because once you've been down the road, guys, I know what the car costs. I know what the carrying costs are. I know what the insurance is going to be on that. And I know he's got to earn, he's got to pay those payments in after-tax dollars. And it's, it's a simple math problem. It was not sustainable. And, and, and sure enough, he had a little bit of a problem. He liked his wine a little bit more than he should have liked his wine. And little by little, those things started to unwind. And, and sure enough, uh, the, the, the car, he lost his job, the car got repossessed. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm certainly not happy in knowing the outcome of that story in advance. But, you know, success leaves clues and so does failure. And when, when you want to have dessert before you've had the appetizer in the main course, uh, it's okay every now and then, but it becomes very easy to skip the... Uh, the appetizer, the broccoli, mm-hmm. the spinach, and just just have the dessert. And when, when you do that, it's going to show up someplace. That balance sheet is being recorded at all times. Everything counts. And so, you know. Well, you know what that's calorie, called, Brian. That's called. You know what that's called, Brian. That's called all flash, no cash. And I think those lessons are really big, important. Big, big hat, no cattle. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, big hat, no cattle. And, and some of the guys, speaking of big hat no cattle, you go to these automobile auctions where the high-end auction houses, and you'll see guys in overalls, and you, you sit there and say, what, what are these cowboys doing here? And next thing you know, the bid on the cards, sold to the man over there. And, and, 
$20 million car he just bought paying cash, you know, and, and they're, they're all cattle, no hat. You know, these guys have it. And I think those are the, the people that I, when I look at that are wealthy, they're not talking about it. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Ad nauseum 24-7. You know, uh, what watch can I buy that would impress David Smith? Mm-hmm. What, what's the watch? <laughs> uh, is it a hundred thousand? Is it a two hundred thousand dollar watch? And, and by the way, if it's a three hundred thousand dollar watch and I buy that watch, David's going to look at me and say, "What an idiot!" Yeah, what are you? Freaking idiot. Hey, <laughs> some of these watches. Let me say this: some of these watches, like a Patek Philippe, do hold their value, and they have a, actually a great branding message that you're just holding it on for the next generation. But I want to organize this because we really want to leave, and I think we're all in a space right now where we want to leave impact. And there are people in this audience that are really curious about how to make money. And in this line, in this conversation, it's important to understand we're not looking to impress anyone. I don't have to impress anyone. I'm not interested in that. Uh, But I am interested in impressing upon people that are tuning in this morning ways to to think about money, uh, ways to um, appreciate wealth. And I think that's where we can bring great value. I think there are people that want to learn how to manage, make, and... um, you know, earn more money. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So with I, I Barbara, really want to organize wealth, that. Yeah. Wealth is always in one spot. It's hidden behind mastery. And, and, and make yeah. mastery of whatever it is that you do, your aim. And, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer there's dignity in all work. And whatever the job, I, you know, I've been a porter, I've, I've cleaned toilets, I was a skate guard. Uh, and, but I tried to really do a good job at those things. And when you do, I think that qualifies you to take the next rung up on that ladder, whatever, whatever that is. But mastery is, is the key. And mastery is not something you can get in a five-minute YouTube course. Mastery is not something you can get by reading simply one book or going in and giving it your all for one day or one week. It takes some 10,000 hours of effort. But the 10,000 hours are going to happen anyhow. So why well, not? Brian, well, one thing that like, again, just, to, you know, the fact that we were saying that, you know, she made our point was simply because of the fact that we we want continued success. It's one thing to have like a really, really good month in your business or make a whole bunch of money for a little while. And even if it's a few years, continued success is built on a foundation. And that foundation is built on what, what you're saying, uh, Brian, which is mastery. But I think take it a step further is to some degree you have to be obsessed about what you're doing right be obsessed to get past even the struggles the failures like look i've been obsessed with marketing and sales for a long time but i've also messed up a whole bunch guys like a lot like i've tried different things and i wanted to reinvent the wheel and i tried this and that failed and so, so it took a lot but I love the process of failing. It was fun for me to like reinvent the wheel, like I said, and, and try different things. And so I think if we want continued success, which it sounds like really what we're really saying here, continued success is built on, I think two things. There's David, you mentioned this a little bit ago, when we were talking about the idea of like, uh, did you start the business to sell it? 
I think you have to get clear on truly what you want and what is it going to take to get there and be super laser focused on that one thing. So to, uh, to what you were saying earlier, David, on the selling of the business, well, if that's your goal, you're not going to make a very like consistent, successful business. But if you know long term, maybe that's the goal, but you put blinders on and you focus on growing the business first, nothing else exists except for growing the business, you're going to be in a way better position to sell. And so I think really it's just two things, getting clear on really what you want and really what you should be focusing on and then mastering the foundations of your business and what you're really trying to do. David, go ahead. Uh, thanks, Raylan, and outstanding points. Uh, so, you know, I, I was pulling up and showing somebody over the weekend uh, videos of marathon runners uh, as they approach the ribbon. And the difference between those that uh, ran through the ribbon uh, with just energy and vibrancy and like, let's go, and the ones that uh, hit the ribbon like it was concrete and it knocked them down and they couldn't do another step. Um, and, you know, the important thing is, is that those who ran through the ribbon actually set a goal to go beyond that, right? The other ones set the goal to just get there. And you're going to oftentimes find that in life, when your goal is just to have something, as soon as you get close to it, you decelerate. As soon as you have it, you tend to really decelerate. And that's when danger uh, is going to be lurking because, because then, you know, things are going to start to go uh, the other way. And there's the problem with sustaining it, with keeping it, with, with continuing to be able to enjoy the, that level of success. So what you said is really, really important. I, I want people to take note of the hey, fact hey, David. That, yeah, go ahead, hey, Brian. I'm sorry. We, we got that example. Remember those, those guys that's doing work for us? And I said, all they want to do is, is have their exit. And it, yes. and, it, and it appears that that's what they're focusing on. And these are guys we, we, we're doing a lot of business with. And uh, that there's um, an opportunity potentially for this company to sell for. And did they, are they dollars. decelerating, Brian? Uh, well, they were decelerating into the exit. And I said, the way you, you sell your business is you're adding clients, you're adding value. The, yeah, the you book explode of is going into the up exit. And people want that growth. And you got you guys are sitting around, you're counting the money that you may never get. And I think it was a big wake up call to them because I've got their attention now. And I, I'm not looking to take shots at people. You know, and, 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 and again, David, if you see me, you know, that there's five pounds extra on my stomach and there's 10 pounds extra on my stomach. And then, you know, it, it's, it's time for you to, hey, everything okay? Because you yeah. know, you know, everything's not okay. Everything's not okay. And, well, and Brian, you notice big trap reporting it, ahead. It, 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 it makes people, it makes some people very uncomfortable when they see somebody like Elon Musk who started co-founded PayPal and then and then he founded Tesla and then he founded SolarCity and then he founded SpaceX and then he founded Neuralink and then he founded the Boring Company. And they're like, geez, Louise, how much is enough, man? Well, you're thinking of it in terms of the money. You're thinking the guy's got enough money. And you know what? That's 100% true. The only problem is the guy doesn't own a house. He doesn't care about the money. It was, And you could say he's peculiar, and he probably is, but it was never about the money for that guy. It was never about the, the money. It's the open field in front of him, right? He's yes. Why, why leave the best version of him on this earth? Why, why do that? So he's got the football and there's nobody in front of him. He's going to keep running. And everywhere he looks, he sees opportunities. So he keeps running, you know, because that's that's what he, he does. You know, he's a cookie monster. 
cookie monsters, how many cookies are enough? It's never enough, and it's not about the cookies. It's about the love of the game. I agree. What do you think, Babs? <laughs> There's a lot here, and I want to, you know, organize it in a way that we can leave great value. I think this is a great conversation, but I want to really dive into how people can go from where they're at to where they want to be with some real tangible takeaway information, because I think we're all in a position to leave impact. But I listen, if I was in this audience at, as a 23-year-old girl, $35,000 in debt, just graduated college, I want some roll up my sleeves, get down and dirty, okay? I want that information. I don't want ethereal, uh, you know, um, philosophical. I want get down and dirty information. Um, like, for example, um, this is a mistake that I see people doing over and over again, and I actually saw it in my family, and I'm very triggered by it, actually, um, in, re in the last couple days. And I see people tripping over dollars to get to pennies, and they're looking to stretch, and this is was my family, they're looking to stretch every last dollar, and they'll spend hours and hours on the phone to budget and take things down and, and recover $30 and this and that. And I'm like, why don't you, I look at this and I'm like, you know something, we're tripping over dollars to get to pennies. Time is your most valuable commodity. I wanna repeat that. Time is your most valuable commodity and you cannot get back time, but you can make more money. And I see this over and over again. My um, good family friend, a family member of mine would drive miles and miles and miles and miles, 20 miles to get the cheapest gas. And it drove me bananas. Oh, look at this. This is the cheapest gas and out of our way to get the cheapest gas. And at the end of the day, not only did we lose time, but we also spent money on gas to get to the gas station. And although it was kind of fun and all part of a game, but we were so broke as a joke and that's not how I want to live. So I want to I really dive into this next part of this hour with tangible takeaways. And I would like everyone to do a little checkup from the neck up and take stock of how they're spending their time. Are you looking to get everything out of your last dollar or could you spend the next hour instead of saving $35 on uh, something, something. Could you spend an hour listening to an audio tape by Sharon Lecter, like Exit Rich? Could you start reading the books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Could you start, you know, could you spend that time a little bit better instead of learning how to save money, learning how to really make money? And the truth is, I feel at this point in my life, I have, I'm at a level of mastery, but I, I'm still looking to go from where I'm at to where I want to be. So I want to share people, I want to share more information on how I got here and the mindset that it took to get here. And I had to learn, okay, this is what I wanna, I wanna pass the mic after this. <clears throat> I had to learn how to make money, but I also had to learn how to think about how to make money, okay? I had to learn that I wasn't taught that in school. I wasn't taught that in my family. I wasn't modeled that in my childhood. I had to unlearn a lot of BS that wasn't serving me. And then I had to learn things of how to really become a master of being, you know, a, a wealth magnet. How do, how do I become a wealth magnet? Number one, I had to start learning. So I had to spend the time to learn, invest in books. I had to surround myself with growth-minded individuals. And the, my last takeaway in this space of really learning how to make money, um, I had said once, I was looking, I was gonna quit this door-to-door -door sales job that I had taken. And that was where I, I made my, that's where I really made 
a lot of my wealth was in this door to door sales company because I learned how to scale sales teams. And I can dive into that later because there's an important point in that that I can go back to. But I wanted to quit at one point. I was like, this is crazy. I'm making no money. I'm working 12, 14 hours a day, six days a week. And I, and I get told to go, you know, take a long walk off a short pier every three days. And it's not like, like in a really nasty way. And I'm like, I'm really tired of having my head ripped off. And I said this to my mentor, John Wiggins. And he said, who's telling you to quit? And I was like, well, all my family members, my friends, he goes, do they have what you want? And I was like, not at all. He goes, well, what do you want? I go, I want to be, I, I, I need to make money. So I'm just in that, I'm talking as a 23 year old girl that was broke and wanted to make money. I was like, I want to make obnoxious, obscene amounts of money. He's like, then stop taking advice from people that don't have, don't have what you want. You need to start getting advice and directions from people who are where you want to be. Stop asking people for directions, how to get to California when people have never left the state of New Jersey. And that's where I want to land. I want to pass this mic around so we can all kind of share information of how, what one piece of advice would you give to that 23 year old girl in the audience or boy or person or person in the audience, frog in the audience that would, that is in debt, broke, and is like, I want to make massive amounts of wealth. What advice well, would you give Raylan well, or David Babs, or Brian? You know, somebody, uh, way smarter than me, um, you know, told me years and years ago, dec a couple decades ago, I want to say, you know, uh, was teaching me really about the word self-efficacy, right? And for those that uh, aren't familiar with that word, uh, and I wasn't at the time, uh, about 25 years ago, it, it is the belief in ourselves to bring something about. And the reason why it's important is that this gentleman, Lou Tice, who started the Pacific Institute said, that we will never pursue anything that we do not believe in our heart and mind that we can make happen. And so I wanted to jump in when you're talking tactical, anytime that you wanna go from where you are to where you'd like to be, it is very analogous to the GPS in your phone or in your car, right? So if an airplane takes off and they don't have uh, GPS, if they don't have uh, an endpoint and where they're going to be, then they're just going to be aimlessly going in the sky. But when they use their autopilot, no matter what happens uh, at 35, 37, 40,000 feet, what happens oftentimes is the plane has to adjust, modify its course to avert bad weather or bad air, turbulence, things of that nature. But because of the autopilot, no matter what they do, up, down, left, right, uh, they're going to end up at their uh, destination, at their desired destination. And that's really what self-efficacy is. So number one, I would say, you got to take inventory of who you are and where you are. Do you find yourself leaning in? Do you find yourself folding your arms? Do you find yourself making up excuses? Do you find yourself with nothing but reasons? It's not the right time. It's not the right place. I don't know the right people. I don't have the amount of money. You know, people that that go out and do things, that achieve the things you want to achieve, they don't have the answers to those things either. They just do it because they have this undying uh, commitment and discipline, passion and devotion. And that's really what carries them. So number one, take inventory. Number two, do a checkup, as you say, Barb, all the time in terms of your self-efficacy, because I can promise you this, it will never happen in real life until it happens in your brain. Everything that we enjoy today, you know, Instagram th started as a thought. 
TikTok started as a thought. The phone in your hand started as a thought. Clubhouse started as a thought. They didn't start as physical objects. They started as thoughts in somebody's brain, followed by their by their undying commitment to make that happen. And I can promise you something. Every one of those that exploded, to Brian's point, that are exploding towards their exit, exploding towards their success, they were never focused on the money. The money is always a byproduct of having your brain and your heart in the right place. So start by taking inventory of where you are, start by checking your self-efficacy, and start by being able to realize those levels of success in your mind. And then once you do that, you could do something that 95% of people cannot do, Barb. They get paralyzed by the first step. And once you take the first step, you're on your way. Wait, I need to dive into that because I, I always say, you know, it, for in sales, we used to say shaky knees, sweaty palms, marbles in your mouth. And the hardest door to open is the car door. And it's just saying like that first step, that movement into the unknown, you know, because it's that movement, that opening the car door, opening up that first business, because I did cold call door to door sales. It was the hardest door to open but you can still physically open. It's just a decision, not a condition. But Brian said something that I have to go back to. He, and I've gotten, I get this too, Brian. I On stage, actually, in a clubhouse room, a woman came at me. She's like, well, you're just rich. And she just said it with such disdain. And that is, you know, that I get that every once in a while. And I'm like, well, first of all, rich is, is all... Um, it's all relative. It's all relative. It's all subjective. It's, you know, what, depending on whatever. But that's also yeah, a reflection on... It depends on who your relatives are. It, well, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's your power of proximity. But what the point is, is that it's all if, if you hear yourself saying that you really do need to take inventory, take that check up from the neck up, because that is a poor relationship with wealth. And that is a reflection on the person that's saying it and less about me. I don't I don't I don't take in, I don't take stock of that. That one is like you can say whatever you want about me. I know this girl. I, I hustled and grinded. I put myself through college. I'm still out here hustling. I'm in on a veil ski trip right now with my three kids, but I take what I do very, very seriously. And where I'm going from where I'm, where I'm at requires me to be very disciplined and laser focused. And I have to, I, I have to do the things to get the things. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't have any relationship with the, that kind of, oh, must be nice. You must be rich. Who's ever saying that? I, I'm going to ask you to just take that moment and check yourself before you wreck yourself because that is not serving you. And I'm, I'm hosting, um, if you see the link up at the top, I'm doing a webinar from Sabotage to Success this Thursday, 7 p.m. And it's free one time only because I really want to help people take stock of what they are saying that is completely sabotaging them. And until you realize that cassette has been playing on loop and you, you're not going to eject it and pop in something new. Do you realize a lot of people say those type of things because that's what they were taught to say must be nice. Wish I had that. And all these kind of just false narratives that are so self-destructive, but we don't know it. So if you, if anybody listening is interested, it's free and I'm doing it one time and it's this Thursday, 7 PM. You can DM me webinar. If you don't see the link, it just means your app is not updated. Otherwise I highly recommend 
you you show up because this is a perfect time of year to take that take that stock take inventory do that checkup from the neck up because i guarantee you're doing things that are getting in your getting in your own way so i had to go back to that because brian i get that too barbara did you did you did you just quote ice cube check yourself yourself before you wreck yourself I come real stealth and bad for your health. I mean, my God. Whoa. I'm 104 years old, book. so is Ice Cube, so it's all good. Yeah. No, Cube's done okay for himself. Listen, uh, it's, um, I, I, I think the, the, the unfortunate part uh, of the story here is to achieve real wealth is, is going to take some effort. And I don't, you know, any of the, the people, the men and women that um, we admire, in any aspect, but from an Nelson Mandela to a, you know, a, a uh, Elon Musk, they, they mastered what they're doing. And mastery, I think, is where the key is. And whether it be a Leonardo da Vinci, and there's an artist uh, famously uh, was making a painting, stared at the painting for 10 hours, went up to the painting, made a single brush stroke, and then was done for the day. That's mastery. That's mastery. You know, when they asked Leonardo da Vinci lying on his back, painting the Sistine Chapel. Da Vinci, when will it be done? And his answer, when it's ready. When will it be ready? When it's done. It'll be done when it's done. And today, everybody wants to, expects next week, next month to be uh, whatever wealth is, a millionaire, a multimillionaire, a billionaire. And, and you, you can certainly get there. You know, $100 a month, uh, if you start putting $100 a month when you're 25 years old into the bank, a 10% return by the time you're 65 uh, years old, that will be a million dollars. Well, people say, well, I don't want to wait that long. Okay, well, it's a good plan to start out with. Just put $100 a month away someplace. But where can you get 10% Ben stock? Well, you know, I don't know, there's a bunch of places. Yeah, but it's not safe. Well, sure it is. Safer than putting money in a savings account. Just, you know, throw it in an S&P 500 index fund and forget about it. And add 100, and every time you get a raise, add a little more. And every time you get a raise, add a little more. It's a consistency over time that wins every time. There's a reason for that fable, the tortoise and the hare. This, it's not a, a story about a rabbit and a turtle. It's a story about life. And, and we run around like the, 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 the hare. Hoo, 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 hoo. Get rich quick scheme. Go, growth con here. This, this seminar, that seminar. I'm pumped up. I'm pumped up. I'm not doing anything. I'm pumped up. I'm, and meanwhile, the turtle just keeps going. The tortoise taking a step forward slowly, slowly. The, the, the hare has got to rest because it's been running around like a maniac and the tortoise is just accumulating wealth and investing it better and accumulating wealth and investing it better and mastering his or her skill set and, and i don't care what that oh you're in sales that's easy you're in you're a doctor that's easy you're in nothing's easy nothing's easy we are in nature we're in nature just like the lion in africa and the elk you think they got it easy the the, the lion wakes up and he's got to catch his dinner every day or he starves. The elk's got to run away from that damn lion every day. That's life. And it's no different for us. You wake up, you're chasing or you're being chased every single day. And, and when you own that, when you own that, life becomes easier. Instead of wishing it was easy, when you own that, hey, it's not supposed to be easy. My, my, my dear friend, Teddy Besson, very successful guy, his whole life. But but he, but he he said you know I was belly aching to him when I was in my early 30s. This is that and this is that and this is hard and that's hard. I said, hey Ben, stop, Ben, stop, 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 stop. Had enough. Nobody said it was going to be easy. And he's right. 
Has anyone convinced you? Did anyone say to you, life's going to be easy? Just do this, this, and this? And I think sometimes there's a tendency on Clubhouse, you know, go into this room and learn how to be a millionaire. And, you know, it's a 45-minute hack on how to be a millionaire. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. It took me my whole life. But if you got it in 45 minutes, let's hear what you have to say. And certainly mm-hmm. there's value there, right? David Spisak's mastery uh, courses that he offers for free on, on this app. I'm paying him a fortune uh, every month. Why? Because he's worth it. He's worth it. And when someone like that can sit down with you and talk to you and give you a couple of golden nuggets and head you in a direction, you know, you ought to listen. You ought to listen. But anyway, I love this section. I love talking with you guys. You get my brain fired up uh, in the morning or in the noon time or, or in the evening time to, to do and be uh, more than I am. Thanks, guys. Well, I know we have uh, I know we have a really good invitation by David that I think everyone should should definitely jump on. But before we get there, I'll throw in this right <clears throat> on the subject of like what advice we give that that young person that's on the grind. And I think it really for me it starts with one: you have to understand and accept the fact you there's a bunch of stuff you don't know what you don't know. Like there's stuff that you know you know. There's things that you know you don't know. But what about the endless pool of stuff? that you don't know that you don't know. And I think if you notice, everyone kind of mentioned at one point or another, how many books they read, how often they dive into learning more things. You know, Brian even talked about like learning NFTs, like the whole thing, right? And it's because they understand they don't know what they don't know. And in that search of finding what you don't know, you may just find that aha moment. You may just find that gem that leads to your success, whatever that means to you. But I think uh, once you uh, understand- and now, you're qu- and now you're quoting Biggie, okay. Just one <laughs> No, no, no. Actually, one of, my know, favorite, right? one of my favorite quotes from Biggie, because I always say he's one of the greatest philosophers in the world. And we talk about stories, which is the next thing that I wanted to talk about, which is everyone's a lot of people are enrolled into their stories of why they can't be successful. And there's a there's a great philosopher out there named Biggie Smalls and the Ten Crack Commandments. He says, never get high on your own supply. And there's a really big issue right now with people being way too high on their own supply, meaning they believe in the story they tell themselves. Either one, on one side, oh, I can't do this, okay, they're believing that story. Or two, man, I can't fail, I'm too good, I'm too good. That's another way, right, of being too enrolled in your story. But I I think to wrap this up, and then again, I'll pass it to David, is this idea of saying no. Something that I learned later on, right? Maybe you could argue it was hitting me in the face, I, I just didn't see it. You have to learn how to say no and what to say no to. This may be people in your life, Babs, kind of talk about this a little bit, people in your life, you have to start saying no to, you have to start saying no to, I know this hurts, but sometimes you have to say no to going out late. We have to say no to your friend comes in town last minute. Hey, do you want to go out and party? Say no, because what that's going to allow you to do is to wake up at four in the morning, like Brian, right? Or wake up in the morning and go work out. If you say yes to every single thing, you then start to dilute yourself. And then one of the things that you have to keep in mind is honestly, and I mentioned this other, the other day, you have to really put your priority first. If growing your business or growing your life or getting that promotion is your priority, that's really what you want, that means you got to start saying no to things. And those things you say no to in the immediate maybe feels bad or in the immediate, it, it makes you feel like you're missing opportunities. But as long as you now take that energy, take that time and start to actually do the work necessary for self-mastery that we talk about all the time or develop that skill. Say no to going out late so you can read. 
right? I think that's where it starts. So with that being said, I'll pause on my Raylan, just one thing to add to, and Barbara and I talked about this the other day, that the old saying, uh, what you do speak so loudly, I can't hear a word you're saying. And when somebody is you know, saying, I want to be this and I want to be that, and I want to do this and I want to do that, and you look at their activities, and if their activities are not consistent with that, you know, if you're truly a friend of that person, sit them down and say, hey, Johnny, you told me you want to be a marathon runner. Yeah, you're eating a pizza pie. Uh, and I know marathon runners eat pizza pies, but they run and then they eat the pizza pie. You're eating the pizza pie morning and night, and that's probably not consistent with where you want to be. And that consistency and congruency, I think, really are important. David, back to you. Thanks, Brian. Hey, so, uh, man, this stuff is solid gold. I really hope that people are writing this down. If you're not, you could go with Breck to breakfastwithchampions.live and get the replay. But there really are some really great nuggets here, and I hope that you've taken them to heart. You know, I find it interesting when when you're talking about people who have all the answers or all the excuses, people that have either all the answers or all the excuses um, never have the report card. Never. Um, they they can't, because all I want to see is show me a report card. Show me the evidence of success. I oftentimes tell people, you know, if that's your mindset right now, I have all the answers. Uh, I don't, these guys don't know what they're talking about. I have all the answers. That sounds like rubbish. Then, then I want you to think about sitting down and writing a book that details, it's a how-to manual for exactly how you got to where you are right now. And I would ask you this question. The day that book is released, how many people are standing in line to buy that book? Not only is the answer likely zero, but I am willing to bet you would not even buy your own book. So why don't you write a new book? And and to write that new book, why don't you start by opening up your mind to those things that Raylan mentioned that you don't know that you don't know? Um, you know, I am doing a coaching class on Friday, so check this out. This has not happened before, but Barb is going to tee you up. Barb's going to tee you up to help you go from sabotage to success. This is mindset. This is getting your mind opened up, tuned in, and ready to grow. And then why don't you show up on my doorstep, virtual doorstep, on Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific, and I'm going to spend, I'm going to invest in you. I don't have to know you, I, but I'm going to invest in you. I'm going to give back. Uh, it's my empty my head before I'm dead tour. I'm going to give back everything from my experiences uh, to my failures, to what I've learned, to my network, to my resources. And, and I'm going to give those to you with the intention of having you take those things and move towards this best version of what you want to become towards the best life that you want. You see, at the end of the day, you know, Dennis Waitley was right when he said, if it is to be, it's up to me. You can't stand on the sidelines. You can't be an observer to everybody else's success. You can't be voyeuristic on IG, looking at what everybody else is doing, where they are, what they have. Oh my God, Barb's in fail. Oh my God, Brian's on a jet. Oh my God, Raylan was with so-and-so. Okay, why don't you get off the couch and go do something about it? Why don't you go pursue? Why don't you be the, the picture? Why don't you go uh, set yourself up to be able to have what you really want to have? But you're not going to have anything 
to Brian's point, until you want it more than anything else. You've got to want the success. He's got to want the success of 75 hard more than he wants that glass of acacia wine, right? Raylan or Barb, she's got to want to have that freedom. It's not the money, man. It's the liberation. How would you like to have every day be a Saturday? Every day you you only are talking to people you want to talk to. How would you like to have more time with the people that you love and not spend time with people that are not creating value for you? How would you like to be able to call your own shots and live life on your own terms? Well, listen, it's not going to happen from wishing. It's not going to just show up at your door. It's not going to just come to you. And so I would say, hey, listen, if you're not lip service, if you really do want it, you know, I'm investing hours and hours of my life in order to make these every other week coaching calls happen. You could click on the link above and instantly get a free link, not just to the coaching call, but you're going to get access to every coaching call that I've done for free and every group coaching call that I'm doing in the future. And you're going to get access to things beyond that, resources beyond that. So I hope you take the time to join. Mostly, I hope you take the time to invest in yourself so that this Friday is yet another step in the positive direction of moving yourself towards where you want to be. You know, I'm going to pass this back to Barb and I want to thank uh, Brian. It is such a, a pleasure and an honor to hang out with Brian and Raylan and and Babs to be one of one of Babs' boys. I know that sounds a little weird, but I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. So you have to go with Babs. Babs has got her own little posse. We're talking about Biggie, right? We're talking about Biggie. We're talking about Ice Cube. So you know, we're, we're part of Babs' uh, male posse. We're here. so gangster. Uh, just, we're such a gangster, right? I, stop it! Stop it! Um, you know you're white, right? By the way. So, anyways, I just want to call that out, bro. You're white. So, anyways. Uh, and I could say that because I'm only halfway, but I know Brian's halfway. <laughs> so, you know, David, I gotta tell you, recently I've been accused of that now, and people are calling me that like it's, I, you know, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to respond. I don't, I don't know how to respond. Well, it's, and, you know what, it's like, it's like, I think when people say that, and obviously I say it in jest, but when people say that, I think it's just a, a, a tap on the shoulder saying, hey, check yourself, man. Check yourself for where you are. Check your mindset right now. And obviously, when we're in Nelson's room, you know, whenever you're in Nelson's room, you're going to get that tap on the shoulder. Sometimes, you know, they're just saying, hey, I, I just want to help you out. But dude, sometimes is, they're not, Brian. Dude, well, let me same. let me put a pin in this, guys, because we're at 759. Oh, man. And, and you, you want to go Yeah, here comes the yeah. news reporter. Oh, yeah. I'll it's put all a about pin on it. Time, Can I say something quick? <laughs> so, guys, we are actually part of one race, the human race. And That's this right. is a conversation that we have every Monday. We take the topic that Glenn puts forth for us and we roll with it. It's such an honor to be part of Breakfast with Champions. And thanks, everyone, for joining us here every Monday. It is uh, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be here next week. Me, Raylan, Brian, um, and David all here for, with the Breakfast of Champions. So please continue to join us and definitely go to David's meeting on Friday. He's a great coach. You can always DM him, DM him if you didn't get the information and you can DM me webinar if you want any more information. Well, I'm DM passing, the word coach to me, yeah. Thanks, Ben. DM the word coach to David um, and we'll both respond. We're very...
can I say I know something? A lot of us do respond, so don't be afraid. We are very grateful of the relationships we're building here. It's eight o'clock here in Vail, and I've got it. I got to hit safely. the trails. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.